Him high, my soul they satisfy. Amen. Praise God. Well, we want to get right into our lesson. Amen. Again tonight. Amen. We've been talking about a better hope. A better hope. We last month we talked about a better life. So everybody's got a better life, right? Amen. We got a better life. Jesus brought everything better. From the time he rose again from the grave, he made everything better. Song says something good, beautiful, something good. All my confusions, Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. But I had to turn it over. I had to give it up. Amen. I had to say, here my Lord, your will be done. And as a result, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Amen. Hebrews 7.19 says, For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Amen. A better hope. A better hope. It made nothing perfect. The law made nothing perfect, but a bringing in of the better hope did. One of the things we've got to realize is God wants us to be perfect. Say, and now, it, now we need to stop listening to the lies of the devil, because the world tells you nobody's perfect. Well, God is perfect, okay? And Jesus says, "Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect." If we never strive for perfection, we're never going to reach perfection. If we keep following the lies of the world, we're going to be just like the people in the world. Amen. We have hope. We have a solid, sure foundation of hope. Amen. Everything that we need to be successful in life, Jesus has given it to us. He's left it for us right here in this book. If we never read these pages, if we never become a doer of the word, we can never expect to be what God intended for us to be. Okay. He's giving you the road map to help you in every situation, every circumstance, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, how to defeat your enemies, how to be encouraged, how to edify, how to build up. Everything is in this book from the old to the new. Amen. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Or God's concealed, God revealed. Amen? And so you have to realize that he is in here. As the old song says, look, it's in there. Right in the Word of God. Amen? The things which was written for, was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might find what? Oh, Romans 15, 4. Let me read it to you. <laughs> Amen. So, you got to get in this book. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's got to be a part of your life if you want to be have great success in life. That's what the Lord told Joshua. He says, Amen. If you let, never let this book depart out of your mouth. He says, you will be encouraged, you will be strong, and you will have good success. Because it's all about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Amen. Romans 15, 4. I think Sister Parker has put it up there for you. 
For the whatsoever things was written aforetime is written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. See? So if we're hopeless, all you gotta do is go to the word of God. See? It's here. It's here. That's what it brought. It brought hope. It brought hope. As the song said, it would have been enough if he'd have just brought life. But he brought what? Laughter into my soul. He brought hope. He brought joy. He brought peace. Amen. That's why the writer of Hebrews 6 says, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany your salvation. Did you know discouragement did not come with your salvation? Lonely does not come with your salvation. Unhappiness did not come with your salvation. Amen. Notice, nothing evil or negative came with salvation. It came with power and the Holy Ghost and with much assurance is what it bought. Jesus says, I will give you what? Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Amen. You can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, he says what? Put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand. Amen. Now look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. I'm getting ahead of myself already, okay? He says that we are the children of what? The day. Amen. He said, but let us who are the day, we're not of the night anymore. We're the children of the day. God is the God of the day. Amen. We're his children. So therefore, we are the children of the day. Since those of us say, what we must do? Be sober. In other words, be alert. Don't be drunk with wine. We're in an excess, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. We've got to be alert. You've got to be sober. Sober. Know where you're going. Know what you're doing. And notice what I said. Put on the breastplate of faith and love. You've got to trust. You've got to believe. Hebrews eleven six says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The whole 11th chapter of Hebrews is the faith chapter so you can read it and see what God did for them. How they brought him through. How he brought them through. How he, he dealt with them and how he cared for them so that your faith would be the same way. Amen. So faith and love. And notice what he says. And put on what? The helmet of what? Hope, salvation. Amen. The helmet, the hope of salvation. See, so your helmet on your brain should be hope. See, it's it's your protection. Where is your thought process? In the mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by what? Renew your thinking. Amen. You can't continue to think the same old way. He brought you something better. So you have to realize the value of what he has brought you. 
Hebrews 6.19 says that we have an anchor of hope, which is both sure and steadfast. Amen. And see, so notice, we have an anchor of hope. An anchor does the boat no good if the boat ain't attached to it. Okay? It's just an anchor. That's why they put the anchor on the boat, patch it with the chains, so that when the boat needs to be secured and steadfast, they can let the anchor down. See? So if, if Jesus is our anchor, if we don't attach to him, it's no good. You're going to be like the waves of the sea, tossed and driven all over the place. You're going to be up and down, up and down, up and down, all over the place. Because every wind of doctrine and, and of this world and things of this world is going to blow you. We know that the last days, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, he said, This know also in the last days that perilous time, dangerous time, amen, evil time are going to come. You know, and he says, men's going to be lovers of their own self, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, incontinent, spires, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high miners, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away of this sort of day which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, so we're in the last days. It's getting evil, evil and evil. Er, er, er. Amen. And so therefore, we need hope. See, the world that we live in is gotten to a point right now they don't have any hope. They wake up in the morning and they're starting to say, is this all it is, the life? Get up, go to work, come home, get up, go to work, go home, get up, go to work, come home, pay bills, get up, go to work, come home. That's what the world is at. But that must not be for the child of God. We have an anchor of hope. We attach ourselves to heaven. We're going to a better place. See? So therefore, we must set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth. See, if all Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, he says, if in this life only you have hope in Christ, you're going to be miserable. See? See, we look ahead. The greatest hope for the church is the rapture of the church. Right? We're looking to get out of here. Jesus says, when you see these things coming upon the earth, he says, look up, for your redemption draweth not. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We're going to a city where there will be no night. We're going to a better place. We need to set our affections on where we are headed. Amen. And so therefore, we need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. As Christians, we've got to learn how to deal with these situations that come our way. 
We've got to be able to rejoice in our circumstances, rejoice in the things that we go through. Jesus says in Matthew 5.13, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all matters of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. He says rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great, what, is your reward in heaven. Amen. Get in the habit of praising God when you're going through things. Get in the habit of trusting God and don't lean to your own understanding. How many times have you heard Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways, what? Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. God will show you what you need to do. Trust Him. Wait on the Lord. How many scriptures end with, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He'll strengthen your heart. Wait. I say on the Lord. Amen. See, you've got to get into the rejoicing process. His ways are not your ways, and His thoughts are not your thoughts. You've got an anchor of hope. Amen. Hope pushes you, amen, to do things, to, to worship. Amen. Because the world is not your home. See, if you fall into the same trap of the people of the world of hopelessness, Guess what? You aren't going to make heaven. It takes encouragement to get to heaven. It takes steadfastness and zeal to make it to the other side. But if you lose your hope, what are you going to have? Nothing. He brought hope. He brought joy. He brought peace. He brought love. He brought humility. He brought self-control with him when he gave it to you. See? And so, therefore, you have got to maintain your steadfastness, a better hope than we ever had before. Amen. Regardless of the attitude of the hopelessness of this world, we have hope through Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians 2, one of my favorite passages. You who were what? Dead in your trespasses and sin, have he quickened together with him. By grace are you saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love towards us, amen, and even when we were what? Dead in our sins, have quickened us together with him. By grace are you saved. Amen. Think about it. He picked you up. So now, if he picked you up, You know what that means? You got hope. He did it once, he'll do it again. How many scriptures have you read? I won't leave you. Won't forsake you. You've got to have hope. See? Look at Romans 8 real quick. Go to Romans 8, verse 18 through, I think, about 39, somewhere in there. Romans chapter 8. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not to what? Huh? Be compared to what? The glory which is going to be revealed in us. Think about it. What you're going through right now in your life is going to be nothing. It's nothing compared to what you're getting ready to receive. This is why you've got to be have hope. 
For the earnest expectation of the creature waited in the days for the sons of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Think about it. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but what? But by reason of him who have subjected him in what? Hope. The same in hope. Amen. Come on. Come on. Hope, brothers and sisters. Amen. Verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. See, you've been delivered. But we know that the whole creation groaned in the travail and pain even now. And we ourselves also, amen, which are the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Why? While we wait for the adoption to which the redemption of this body. We're getting out of here. Amen. We're going to have some pain. Hello, the scripture tells you. The world is in pain and groaning, he says. That's why they're going through so much. Amen. We're going through it too. He calls it the rain on the just and the unjust. But we're waiting for the adoption. What he says, the redemption of these bodies. We're going to get out of here. Say, we're just waiting. For we are what? How are we saved? We're saved by hope. But hope that is seen, it ain't hope. Or for, <laughs> or for what a man said, what are you hoping for? But if we hope for that, we see not, then what? Do we with patience wait for it? Okay? You're going to wait on it. Well, we know what we should not even pray for as we ought. But what? The Spirit helped our infirmities. Notice. That's what he says. Likewise, the Spirit help our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make intercession with one which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he made intercession for the saints of God according to whose will? God's will. The Holy Ghost intercedes for us. Amen. And we know. How many times people quote this scripture? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did for know, to them he also so did predestine to be conformed who? To the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. For whom he predestined, them he also called. To him he called, them he also justified. To him he justified, to them he also glorified. What then shall we say? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Amen. God be for us, who can be against? For if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not by him give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Is God to justify? Who is this to condemn? Is Christ that died? Yea, rather is risen again and sitting at the right hand of God. Who should separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, 
shall distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, perils, or sword, as it is written for thy sake. We're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep unto the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. You know why? Because you got hope. Nothing. Every time something coming in your life that's evil, you just say, well, the devil's at work again, but I know where God is. He ain't going to leave me. He's right here beside me. Amen. Fret not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, the Scripture should come back to you to keep your hope on track. He brought that for you, a better hope. See, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost, if I didn't know God, like the people in the world, amen, and these things happen, it'll rock my cradle. But as a born-again Christian, my hope should automatically spring up. My strength should automatically spring up. My encouragement should automatically spring up when I go through things in my life. Because I know His promises are yea and amen. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. As Moses told the children of Israel, God didn't bring you out to leave you. He brought you out to carry you in. Amen. And with that hope, amen, because I know where I was, and so where has he taken me? So no matter, regardless of the hopeless attitudes of the world, it must not happen to me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light around me. Notice what David says in Psalms 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my down sitting. You know when I get up. Amen. You understand my thoughts so far off. You can pass my, my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue. Oh, Lord, you know it all together. David said. Amen. He says, you set me behind. You set me before. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I can't attain unto it. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where should I flee from your presence? If I sin in the heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say the darkness shall cover me, God, you'll be a light about me. He said the light, the night, is as the day. He says the darkness and the light are both like the God. Think about it. He says, you know, you have, he says, you possess me in my rings. You have covered me in my mother's womb. He says, such knowledge is praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous is that work and that my soul know right well. Amen. He goes on a couple of verses down and he says, Great is your thoughts towards me. He says, if I could count them up, he said, there'd be more than the same. Think about it. Amen. God is with you. He brought us this better hope. He brought us this better life. 
It would have been enough he'd have just brought hope. But he brought life. See? So therefore, we must not be discouraged. We have an anchor of hope that's both sure and steadfast and unmovable. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, Amen. You want to go there in your Bibles? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. All the way to the back of the book. Anybody learning anything? <laughs> okay. If not, then I have to start over. <laughs> if I get to going too fast, you know, you guys got to tell me to slow down, okay? All right. All right. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3 through verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Wow. Check that out. Look what you got waiting in. Amen. But he says he's given us what? A lively hope. Man, something's alive. That means it ain't dead, right? <laughs> so in one passage, he calls us what? Lively stones. Now he says we got a lively hope. So... If it's alive, it ain't dead. So your hope is supposed to always be active. See? Same way faith is supposed to always be active. Everything that came with the Holy Ghost is supposed to be active. See? That's why the book is called Acts. <laughs> it's supposed to be in action. It's supposed to put it in action. They went everywhere preaching the word of God with signs following. So your hope is supposed to be action. Your faith is supposed to be action. It's not dead. Come on. Get it up. <laughs> get, get it up. You guys going to school every day. You hope to say, well, I'm going to ace this test. That's right. I'm going to pass. I ain't, I ain't worrying about flunking. I'm studying and I'm going to pass. You know? Set your, set your course out there. You know, if you don't aim for something, you ain't gonna hit nothing. You know, gonna graduate someday. Here's my graduation day. I'm gonna be there. I'm walking across the stage. Lord willing, I'm walking across the stage. I'm getting my diploma. See? If you lose hope, what are you gonna do? Like I told you the other day in, in the message. Your your physical is only carrying you as far as your mental. See? The moment you stop believing you can is where you're going to come to a stop. See? That's why hope is is with your mind. See? You have to think, I can, like the little train. That's a read your kid. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Get it up the hill. Come on. I can do it. I can do it. I think Paul put it this way in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. See? So if I can do all things with Jesus, 
Why am I discouraged? I can't lose. It amazes me that people says, I've read the back of the book and we win. Well, it's, it's rigged. So I should be happy all the time. <laughs> I should be excited all the time. No matter how much they, if they're ahead of the game, they could be ahead a thousand points. If I, if the system is rigged for me to win, <laughs> yeah, they just think they're going. They just think they're going to win. You know, end of the day, end of the game, who wins? We do. And they go, man, what happened? The system was already rigged. <laughs> God says we win, <laughs> so therefore, you know, we're going to win. So I just have hope. I just believe. Amen. So that we can enter in that which he has prepared, prepared for us. Amen. We have a helmet of hope, amen, upon our minds to keep our minds steadfast and unmovable. Amen. Look at Job's life. How many times we read about Job? You ever, let's go to Job chapter one real quick here. Take a little small detour here with, with brother Job this morning, this night. And let's look how Job responds. And here's a man, this is how hope works, okay? Verse one, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job and that man was perfect. Wow. I thought there wasn't nobody perfect. I think scripture constantly say mark the perfect man, right? So we're supposed to mark the perfect man. Jesus is perfect. Job is perfect. Daniel is listed as being perfect. Amen. I know it means to be complete. Okay. So if those guys are complete in him. I think that's what scripture tells us, right? To be complete in Christ, right? In him dwell all the fullness of the body. And we are complete in him, which the head of all principalities and power. So if we get completed, if we get content in the things of God, you know what? We're going to have faith. We're going to have hope. We're not going to let the world plague us anymore. Say, because we're going to a better place. And the only person I can save is who? Me. I can't save you. You can't save me. You can only Save yourself. All I can do is encourage you and edify you and build you up. Amen. But if you don't accept it and come on, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the things. You know, we hear so much about God, you know, we tell people, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. Wouldn't it just be simple to be born again of the water and the spirit? You know, and then if it, if you, you know, you ain't losing anything. You know, <laughs> you ain't losing a thing, you know. But I guarantee you, in the end, if you haven't done it and all of a sudden you find out I need it, you lost everything. See? Amen. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was of 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yokes of oxes and 500 she-asses and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their house every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. 
And it was so when the day of their feasting were gone about that Job went and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This Job did continually. What is See, you need to do stuff when you're in your right mind. Sacrificing for your children, praying for your children, you know, all these things. You got to do this stuff when you're in your right mind. You can't wait to stuff go bad, amen, in your life. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, hey, which comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and is true evil? And then says Satan answered the Lord and said, that Job, fear God for naught. Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters was eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen was plying and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans stole upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another, also another, and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and had carried them away. Yea, they had slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters was eating and drinking wine in thy eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smoked the four corners of the house. It fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job rose up, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped and says, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I to return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not charge God foolishly. Look at that. Look at hope, how it sprang forth. Amen. Notice, one guy is telling him, and before he can finish speaking, another guy shows up giving bad news. He get four pieces of bad news. Boom, 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 boom. Just like that. Everything he has is gone. Just like that. That would have rocked most people's cradle. You know? But notice what Job did. He worshipped God. 
He says, naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I'll return hither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He did not charge God foolishly, nor did he sin. Amen. Why? Because he already knew where it came from. He had hope. Amen. He had hope. And that's why when you read through the book of Job, look at Job uh, chapter 14 real quick. 14.7. Amen. 7 to 9. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branches thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof waxed old in the earth, and though the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth balls like a plant. Amen. If a tree has hope, how much more should we? Amen. If a dead tree realizes in itself that it can live again, we should, every time we get knocked out, every time we get the wind knocked out of ourselves, we should know we're going to rise up again. Amen. That's what Job is trying to say here. I should rise again. Look at uh, 23, chapter 23, verse 10. Amen. Chapter 23, verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he have tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held its steps. His ways I have kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he's in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desire, even that he doeth. Amen. Notice, I'm not turned back, Job said. He knows where I am. You know why? Because he's my anchor of hope. He knows where the ship is. As long as I'm attached to him, amen, he knows where I'm at. Because he's the anchor. Amen. See, I'm attached to him. So everywhere I move, he knows. Where shall I go from your presence? If I go to heaven, he's there. If I go to hell, he's there. I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. He's there. He's everywhere. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's um, um, what's the other one? Omnipresent. Amen. He's everywhere. Praise God. Think about it. That's why you have hope. He put his spirit in you so that you would have the things that you need to be secured and to be strong in Him. Amen. To reflect Him in the earth. We're saved by hope. Amen. But hope that is seen is not hope. See? You're going to a better place. It's got to be way out there. Amen. Because if you don't have it out there, you aren't going after it. Come on. You can do it. It's a better hope. Woo! Praise God. So if a dead tree can have hope, my goodness. I think we could too. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, Psalms 1, nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he what? Meditate. 
day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers that shall bring forth his fruit. Not your fruit. His fruit. What is his fruit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You will bring forth his fruit in his season. Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there is a time and a season. Man, time to be born, time to die, time to plant, time to plug up, time to build, time to tear down, time to weep, time to mourn, time to dance, time to, you know, have fun, right? (laughs) Time to live. Amen. Think about it. We got a better hope. Both sure and steadfast. Notice what you read a few minutes ago in Romans 8. You don't even have to know what you need to pray for. Spirit already know it. We take prayer requests. The Holy Ghost already knows. It's already making intercession. Amen. That's what he says. The Spirit already make intercession. What? According to the will of God. See? God has already told you. I am not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. I just trust Him. That's why Jesus, when they said, teach us to pray, what did he say? Just say, thy will be done. He didn't say go into a whole lot of litany of stuff. He just said, thy will be done. Because I already know the things you have need of before you ever ask me. I'm his. He knows how I am. He knows how I feel. He knows what I need. Your father owned the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein, for it was founded upon the floods and established the sea. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? He that have clean hands and pure heart have not lifted up his soul to vanity or sworn to see. He shall receive the blessing of the Lord and the salvation of our God. For this is they that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Selah, lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. Psalms 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. Amen. He knows the things you have need of. That's why God gave you a better hope, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's right. He is our living hope. Amen. Stuff gets good, man. I feel like David. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Amen. (laughs) I get excited about this stuff. Amen. That's what it's all about. This stuff is pure. It's been tried. It's been tested. It's the old ship of Zion. (laughs) It's the hope for the lost and the dying. It's a soul-saving station. It's the tower of salvation. It's been through the wind. The wind can turn it. Been in the fire. The fire can burn it. Fed to the lions. The lion can eat it. Fought a lot of wars. Never defeated. Amen. The church. Got to have hope. Amen. So what are the effects of hope? Romans 5. Romans chapter 5. Start with verse 1 through 5. You learn anything? Okay. 
just want to build your faith. I want to, want to give you enough faith in your ammunition pouch to go out and just run over the enemy. Amen. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith and to this grace wherein we stand and rejoice and rejoice in hope. See? Of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh us not shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Amen. Hope don't make you ashamed. So the effects of the of hope is it doesn't make you ashamed. Are you ashamed? Romans 8 1 says what? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and it was weak to the flesh, God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh for sin, amen, that the law might be fulfilled in us. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. See, the law couldn't make anything perfect. But through Christ in us, we can be perfected. We can be made perfect. We can fulfill the law. Amen. Come on. Hope make us not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. There's no condemnation. Amen. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, he said, The Son of Man came not in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See? So hope make us not ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed to be a Christian. You don't have to be ashamed to be a, a child of God. Man, that's one of the most valuable possessions there ever is. To know that almighty God is your heavenly Father. You know, I guarantee you don't see the people in England complaining and feeling ashamed that they are part of the kingship and the queenship. <laughs> you know, to be a part of that. We're not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says. Why? Because it's the power, Romans 1.16, for we are not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew and also unto the Greek. For therein is the what glory of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Hope. The effects of hope. My goodness, 8 o'clock already. But we'll pick up next week. But it don't make you ashamed. Hope does not make you ashamed. 
Just because you're going through things in your life, you should notice what it says. We rejoice in tribulation. Knowing this, that tribulations, that's what? Make, give us patience. It builds patience. See? It teaches us how to wait on God. And patience give us what? Experience. See? If I go through something once, what did I just inherit? Experience. I know how to do it. If I ever change the tire, <laughs> I just, you know, I just got some experience. I know how to change the next tire. You know, <laughs> thank you. You bet the first batch of cookies, they turn out pretty good. Somebody says, hey, those are some good cookies. Guess what? You know how to make cookies now. You get experience when you go through things. Amen. <laughs> and experience gives us hope. I did it once, I can do it again. And hope makes us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Amen. Praise God.